Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of If Memory Serves here on NOTLG.com. Episode 31 of Cassette Tape Memories. I'm Taylor, and with me as he is every month when we are still stuck in our homes and separated by about an hour and a half worth of travel time, although maybe less with traffic these days, it's my brother, Seb. Seb, how you doing, dude? I'm doing great. How you doing tonight? Not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah. Um, how did uh, how did May treat you? Well, um, it uh, it 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 was all kind of just like that movie Groundhog's Day. It was just every day was the same thing, basically. Uh, uh, yeah, I hear you. Um, but you know, hopefully, you know, we're keeping safe. We're keeping people safe. Uh, you know, hope our listeners are happy and healthy and safe. And uh, yeah, you know, hopefully, we're going to get out of this some way or another. You know, um, I think that might be the truest thing I've ever heard. The only way out is through. Right. Right. Um, yeah. We're we're doing good over here. Cool. cool. And um, it's kind of funny because my boss down in Arizona, she was asking, she's like, hey, so has your local HR talked about uh, any plans to get people back into the office? And I'm like, you know what? I haven't heard from them in a month. And then I'm like, although seeing how it's the last day of the month, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear from them. And sure enough, nope. it's like, nope, Bay Area counties are still shelter in place. So oh, if you are able to work from home, keep working from home. I'm like, all right, boss, there's your answer. There you go. There you go. I am going to keep putting up with this rather uncomfortable chair. <laughs> well, uh, if it keeps you safe and healthy, that's the most important thing. It, it does. It does. And we've been, um, you know, we've been really good about, uh, you know, uh, keeping proper distances and um, just masking up when we go out. I really, I, I am almost due for another haircut at this rate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm about to get another Uncle Seb special. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. My hair gets to a length and it's just itchy. Like I, I'm scratching my scalp in my sleep. You got to do the right buzz now. cut, man. The I, basically. Of, <laughs> yeah, the preferred haircut of nine-year-olds and serial killers. Let's do it. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah. I don't know about that. Oh, my oh boy. But why don't we take a look at what's going on in the news this month? Yeah. Wow. Well, we got a couple news stories here, folks. Yeah. Uh, Pac-Man, the Japanese game that took over the world, turns 40. It turns out Pac-Man first debuted in arcades in Japan back on May 22nd, 1980. So just only about a week since uh, the 40th anniversary, 40th birthday yeah. Pac-Man. So happy birthday, Pac-Man. That's pretty that is cool. awesome. Yeah, totally. I love Pac-Man so much. Right. Um, it's just, it's classic. It is so, I don't know that I ever got very, it is, it it is, it is simple and yet it gets really challenging the further you get into it. But when you think about it, I mean, it really, there's some really important moral messages. You're supposed to run towards fruit because it's healthy for you, but you run away from ghosts because they're scary, you know? So there's a good life lessons, I think, that we can all take away from this. That works Um, for me. I'm looking at the, uh, uh. The article here, and interesting, interestingly enough, it was originally in Japan called Puck Man. Right, right, Puck Man. But but apparently, um, when Valley uh, Midway licensed it for the states, they went, you know what? Kids are going to vandalize <laughs> these game cabinets and turn this P into an F. We better change it a little bit, and so it became Pac Man. Well, Pac Man, we salute you. I mean, he does kind of look like a puck, though, when you think about it. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. Right, right. Makes perfect sense. Uh, so this second news story, a little little more somber, a little sadder. Um, 
the saddle rack will close after 44 years. And the saddle rack is a country western nightclub dance place in the city of Fremont, California, but actually opened in San Jose in the neighborhood that Tana grew up in uh, back in August of uh, 1976. And actually, was in San Jose up until 2003. Yeah. Uh, listeners to the podcast might remember that we talked about the Saddle Rack previously on an episode where we delved into paranormal topics. Uh, there was a famous UFO sighting at the Saddle Rack at one point, um, which is kind of trippy. Um, and and in that same, basically in that same parking lot of the San Jose Saddle Rack at one corner uh, used to be a VW shop. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At uh, what is it? Azurae and Meridian. Sure. Yeah. There's always like like an art supply place around there, sort of. Yes. Yeah. yeah basically, the the opposite corner of that plot of land. Okay. I got there's you. there's the art supply store. Yeah. And I used to when I worked at a VW shop, I would make deliveries there pretty regularly. I'm not a big country western dance person, but you know, I do have a little sad spot in my heart that I never once got to visit. At least the San Jose incarnation of the Saddle Rock. Um, one really interesting thing, the news article lists some of the acts that they had booked back in the day mm-hmm. People that you might think of like Garth Brooks and Roy Orbison, but Huey Lewis. Really? The, the thought of Huey Lewis playing live like like half a mile from where we grew up just blows my mind, actually. No kidding. Wow. That doesn't surprise me because Huey Lewis in the News is a Bay Area band, if I'm That's not mistaken. True. That's a good point. That's so that wouldn't surprise me that they played there, but Saddle Rack, that's, that's not necessarily the venue that I would peg them at. <laughs> totally. But hey, you know, a concert hall is a concert hall. Well, Saddle Rack, we salute you. Yes, uh, indeed. And then the last bit of news here, um, a San Jose couple, Kirsten and Seth Riley, have, in the spirit of sheltering in place, created a We Love San Jose 23-page free PDF coloring book yeah. Featuring iconic San Jose City landmarks. Um, I was really jazzed about this. I took a look at it. There's some really, uh, really memorable, familiar things in there. There's there's the muffler man that's on um, the Alameda just n- nearby our house. Yep. Their old neon sign from the Andy's Pet Shop that we talked about in yes. previous episodes. I was excited to see that one. Um, one thing I was really surprised, they had the... Uh, a coloring page of the jet airplane that is permanently parked in the children's playground at Bessona County Park. Yeah. That was really cool. I was really interesting. So, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I haven't colored in a coloring book for decades, but I'm tempted now to kind of get on board with that. Yeah, I made a point of downloading it. Um, I haven't printed it yet, but I do have it downloaded. It was one of those things where I'm like, you know what, I better grab this while I can because I might forget about it. Totally. Um, but yeah, I've got it. And so if, you know, if you go and it's, it's not there or the Mercury news is being like, Hey, you have to pay for subscription to look at this article. Just let me know. And I've, I've got the PDF. I'll send it to you. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) Well, I suppose we might as well press play on, uh, (laughs) this month's episode. Sorry. I've been waiting all night to make that reference. Uh, we are talking about our early memories of the cassette tape medium. Yeah, and I really have to thank you, Tay, for going out on a limb when I proposed this topic idea, because it occurred to me that the peak years of popularity for audio cassette tapes roughly correspond to the years of our childhood and adolescence. So yeah, it seems like it's a kind of natural fit to talk about. We've had episodes in the past where we've talked about music we grew up with, and there is music we'll talk about tonight, but there's always so many other wonderful things that could be found on audio cassette tapes back in the 80s and 90s. So I'm Well, yeah, and when when you first 
pitched me this idea, I was like, I can't think of anything outside of like Halloween sound effect tapes because mm-hmm. I, I was trying to exclude music mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because otherwise there's so many things right, right. that I could talk about. So I once, yeah, kind of once we talked about it, I was like, okay, I get where you're going with this. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a mix, but I tried to kind of keep the, uh, I don't know the 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 purely music ones to just really like landmark moments. Right, right. Growing up. Well, do we? Uh, do you want to start off with one of your picks? Or do you want me to start? Or... Oh, I'll start. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this uh, this first choice of mine is something that I have very uh, vivid memories of writing in the car. I don't remember if it was the station wagon or if it was the Maricor. I think it might have been the Maricor. Mm-hmm. um you me and mom maybe it was the station wagon i don't you see i'm just not sure now yeah I wonder um, if the station wagon had a cassette player i'm pretty oh, sure it, it did okay. um and i don't really have the impetus to go run to my closet and pull out the uh manual to the 1978 <laughs> ford fairmont wagon that i managed to find in the garage many years ago um although hey we did have the five liter option so uh, <laughs> you know hot rod and mom in in the wagon there um but i remember like for some reason i remember driving to oak hill cemetery for some reason okay um and or or maybe just in that area of like kurtner and monterey and stuff and having the soundtrack to the 1986 film the big chill playing namely namely marvin Gaye's heard it through the grapevine wow that's you know what that's so when I saw you that on the show notes, I there's there's not a period in my life when I I never knew of the existence of the movie The Big Chill. Like I guess Mom and Dad must have been huge fans of it, or at least the soundtrack, because it was around all the time. And it's funny because I've never seen the film and I don't No, neither have I. I I I didn't know even the plot of it until I started researching for night's tonight's episode, which I had to look it up too. And I'm like, you know what? The big chill. I'm like and of course, you know, my brain nowadays, I'm like, well, clearly that's not a bunch of people sitting around watching Netflix. Um, well, I mean, as a kid, I knew it was in the, like something for adults and there weren't going to be any cartoon characters. Exactly. Yes. And I, I completely agree with that. But I had no idea what the plot was. And so I just I just Wikipedia it. I was like, oh, oh, OK. It's a bunch of people who get together because their good friend committed suicide. I'm like, what an upbeat movie. Two crazy things about this movie that I really had that just jumped out at me, hmm. trivia wise. Like the dead body in the movie apparently is played by Kevin Costner. Like he doesn't move or talk, he's just a corpse. But it's oh, yes, I read that. Yes. And then you may have read this other thing. This thing blew my mind. And of course, since it's on the internet, it has to be true. According to the one hour documentary, The Big Chill, A Reunion, 1999, a supernatural event apparently occurred during principal photography where a sound technician recorded the sound of a ghost and was allegedly freaked out by the event. Cast and crew ran to the technician's truck to hear what had been recorded. Really? They captured an EVP? Is that amazing? Oh, I did not see this bit of info. That's so weird. So there's EVPs. It's a mo- Kevin Costner's a dead person, and we're listening to it in our childhood car driving to the Oak Hill Cemetery. That's like, what is going on here? That is yeah, that's else. weird. Because I, I think, if nothing else, Kevin Costner was probably doing an impersonation or a future impersonation of um, of the response to Waterworld. <laughs> right, that's the sequel. That's the prequel to uh, uh, The Big Chill, apparently. Yeah. That's right. 
Oh my gosh. And then, you know, and then everything melts and it's a water well. I mean, it, 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 it was just, it seems like it was just like a ton of like 60s hits that, yes, in terms of that album, you know? Yeah, it absolutely was. I mean, there's, there's more than just heard it through the grapevine. That's, that, that is the one that really sticks out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in my memory. And it, obviously, I think it also sticks out because the California Raisins were so popular at the time. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm familiar with, even though I never saw the film as a child, I'm familiar with so many of the songs from, other venues like TV commercials and things like mm-hmm. that. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, but wow, yeah, that's a that's a really strong memory for to me too as well. So good pick. Yeah, thank you. What about you? What do you got? Well, the first thing I've got to talk about tonight is a cassette tape from 1999. It's entitled "Bones and Groans" featuring Graveyard Spirits and Haunted Pipe Organ by Effects Manufacturing. Uh, this was an old cassette tape I found at the house about a year year ago wow um and it's one of you know literally dozens of similar halloween sound effects tapes that were floating all around the country in the 80s um and it has a lot of a sound effects you'd expect to hear women screaming breaking glass chains being dragged moaning pipe organs thunder but then there's EVPs all- from the big chill EVPs from the big chill now i want to know what the, the, the voice said you know i know right so the thing about this tape aside from the fact that like it was kind of like our family Halloween sound effects. So I have like, mm-hmm. a lot of fond memories of it. There's all these special sound effects that on upon further listening don't make any sense to me. There's the sound that I swear sounds exactly like a cash register ringing. Oh, uh, the there, haunting of capitalism. There's a sound that I swear is the exact sound of people counting change or rolling pennies into like penny rolls. Are we sure this isn't like the the song Money from the Pink Floyd album? Did that get dubbed on here or something? There's even this music that I guess is supposed to sound creepy, but it honestly just sounds like the countdown theme to a TV game show. Um, I put together a really short edited sound package of these weird parts of this because I'm slowly getting obsessed with trying to imagine a plot storyline that would explain all of these sounds in the same place. So maybe oh we can take a quick listen and our, some of our viewers can enjoy a bit of this as well. Yeah, okay, strap in, folks. Here we go. Check this out. Here we go. Okay, that's weird. <laughs> what the? <laughs> I'm kind of tempted to. Uh, I'm actually kind of proud of myself because I, I managed to digit. It's not on YouTube anywhere, as far as I mm-hmm. can tell. I managed to digitize it myself off the old tape. Which, you know, speaking as a person who still owns a flip phone, I'm pretty proud of myself for being able to to accomplish that. Um, well, you you should be. I mean, I've I've done a few cassette dubs into the into Audacity. Um, and they've mostly turned out all right. There's, you know, you get a little warble here and there, but that's, that's the joy of cassette. There was just something in my, I mean, I know I was big, more, I was more interested in Halloween, I guess, than you were, were, I guess a little bit. Um, but I think I have to say that those effects tapes were just so magical because they could take even the most humble of Halloween decorated houses and just kind of up the game a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. 
it was just so great. Just so many happy memories of those. Yeah, definitely. So what's the what's the next pick you got? The well, my next pick honestly probably should have been my first pick because it's my oldest memory. Um, um, I just clearly wasn't putting stuff down in order or I didn't bother to go back and reorganize them. Um, but there was a time, and I think I've talked about it on the show where, um, I was really, truly frightened of thunderstorms. Mm. Um, I love them nowadays. Like bring it. I'm looking at the weather out here and I'm like, boy, I hope we get one. Right. Um, or like we would go back to visit family in Tennessee. Now those are real proper storms. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a little kid, I was really, really afraid of them. And um, when I was very small, um, I don't even think this was on a Walkman. I think this was on literally like a cassette tape player. Mm. You know, like the, it flips up, you stick it in, there's the big speaker and the, just the big chunky play, you know, fast forward reverse buttons mm. on it. Probably had a handle on it one of those jobbies yeah um i remember us being up in yosemite okay um and you know it's the sierras so thunderstorms in the middle of summer are not unheard of mm-hmm. you know they'll roll they will roll through um but i would listen to a carly simon song from her album tapestry it's actually the first song on the album so i don't remember if this was actually a cassette single Okay. Or if this was actually the whole album and I only ever listened to the first song, but it's called I Feel the Earth Move, um, which while I was doing research, um, I was half convinced that she actually had sung it on The Muppet Show and that that was my introduction <laughs> to it. <laughs> was that um, not true or what, what's the story? No, it's not actually. I went and I looked and there's a, <clears throat> there's a Muppet Show wiki. Okay. And um, she... If I'm not mistaken, she was on the Muppet Show, but never performed that song. So now this is the song I feel the earth move under my feet. That's right. The sky tumble. Okay, so that's yeah. the song, right? Yeah, and it starts with a dun 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 dun. Now, now, so this is this is Carly Simon, but was it written by Carol King? Is it like? Isn't Carol King involved with this song somehow or something? I, boy, I don't know. Um, It's not about earthquakes? It is not about earthquakes. I actually made a point. um, Yes, song by Carol King and James Taylor. Sorry, I'm looking this up real quick. Oh, why did I say Carly Simon? It absolutely is Carol King. Forgive me. That's an easy mistake. I mean, uh, Carol and Carly both start with the letter C. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Carol King, her album tapestry. Right. Not Carly Simon. Carly Simon not involved in this whatsoever. Is Carly Simon related to Paul Simon? Maybe. Okay. Um, are they both related to Simon and Simon? I don't know. Carly Simon's not Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, no. Oh, okay. No. Um, the other one. The other one, right. The other one, um, but not, anyway, a, not a song about earthquakes. Okay, not 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 a song about earthquakes. Although now, since I did my research wrong, I need to look up um, Carol King. Maybe the Muppet Show. Yeah, Carol King may have been. She may have been on the Muppet Show. Okay, now wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait just a second. Late, late breaking news. news. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, here it is. I feel the earth move was sung by actually Loretta Swit. Huh. Um, while Fog, 
who is a very large Muppet, destroyed the scenery on episode 502 of The Muppet Show. This is amazing. We verified the accuracy of your childhood memory. There it is. Yeah. Wow. Holy smokes, because I searched the wrong person. Wow. Originally, maybe that's why I associated with earthquakes, because I'm watching this this large Muppet destroy a little town. Okay, so wow, Loretta Swit, so 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 hot lips from MASH. Wow, yeah. Is singing. Oh uh, wow, this is crazy. But the important thing is that it helped you through your fear of thunder, right? Um it it was a comfort. It didn't help me through my fear of it. Okay. Um but it was something that I would listen to uh-huh. like as a comfort item. And uh yeah, it November 15th, uh 1980 is when that episode aired wow nice um so yeah that that puts it right in that uh window that's perfect that's awesome um and thank you annoying ads that play on their own in case anybody heard that (laughs) god dang it you have to learn to mute my tabs um but anyway yes so yes again not carly simon carol king exposed to it on the muppet show um totally not about earthquakes it literally is a song about you know, feeling the earth move when someone you are in love with is around you. Sometimes I wonder what I learned more from as a child, the Muppet show or Sesame street. Like I think Sesame street, like taught me how to like, you know, spell and count, but like the Muppet show taught me about like pop culture. You know what I mean? That's very true. Now and yeah. Sesame street totally taught me about bus stops. Yes. Bus stops. Right. Uh, yeah. How to count to 12 in a very right. swinging tune. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, I, I think the Muppet Show definitely was a bit more pop culture oriented. Yeah, um, and I, I feel like I learned easily, easily just as much or more uh, from the Muppets in in that sense. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Cool, man. Holy moly! Very cool. Very this is cool. Uh, this is our highlight moment of the episode so far. What is next for you, bud? Well, I, I had to include a read along book audio cassette tape in tonight's show. Okay. Yeah. I mean. I, even to this day, I can hear in my head the phrase, you know, when you hear ding, turn the page, you know. Yep. Oh, um, and, it, and it still exists. I kid you not. The kids, <laughs> the kids have like read along CDs. Really? Yeah. Wow. When you hear this sound, turn the page. And it's just, it's so, I mean, there's very few of the read along books I could remember from childhood, mostly from getting them at the library, that kind of thing. Mm hmm. And of the ones I remember, very few of them I could find online. And of those, some of them were pretty interesting and legit. There was one version of The Goonies where the narrator was the kid who played Chunk. You know what I mean? Oh, that's cool. But there was oh, one. Oh, they have a Love Bug one. Oh, that's cool. The Love Bug, um, Rambo, uh, First Blood Part 2. Uh, so, wait, what? Yeah, Rambo, the second. What? Rambo. No. It's, yeah, read-along book. James Bond, the spy who loved me? Yeah. That's a read-along adventure? But the one that I want to talk about tonight is 1985's Back to the Future read-along. Nice. Book. Love that movie. I got to tell you, this was not only so interesting, but it was so bizarre. I put together a little audio clip. When I say little, it's probably comically long because I did. <laughs> if, if I could have, I would have included the whole 20-minute long thing. Oh, God. Yeah. So we're playing like a tenth of it. We, yeah. We, this probably like you know it has its toe over the line of fair use and copyright law. But I just had to tell you, it was so weird because I'm so obsessed with it now because there's this Brand X generic Huey Lewis music in it. There's the actor who voiced Doc Brown's character sounds exactly like Professor Farnsworth from the cartoon show Futurama. Oh, boy. 
And there's an interesting clip that we're going to hear in just a second dealing with an audio cassette tape. So let's take a quick listen to that. All right. Check this out, folks. In this story, Back to the Future, when you hear this, turn the page. Let's begin now. Hello, Marty, said the voice on the phone. This is Doc Brown. Doc Brown was a local scientist and inventor and Marty's good friend. Huh? What's going on, Doc? Marty asked. Meet me in the parking lot of the Twin Pines shopping mall right away. I got something incredible to show you. Uh, okay. I'll be right there. Minutes later, Marty arrived at the parking lot. There stood Doc Brown beside the strangest car Marty had ever seen. How do you like my time machine, Marty? Doc asked. It used to be a DeLorean car. It was Marty's mom, all right, except that she was a very young and very pretty girl. You're so, so... Marty tried to find the words. So thin. Why, thank you. His teenage mother said. That's so sweet of you. You were so helpless when my father carried you in. That night, Marty put on his radiation suit, took his portable cassette player, and snuck into George's bedroom. He slipped the headphones onto George's ears and blasted loud music, which woke George up. I'm an alien from the planet Vulcan, Marty began. I have come to give you the courage to ask Lorraine to the dance. Tomorrow you will ask her. George loved science fiction and believed in aliens. Marty's trick had worked. At exactly 10.04 p.m., the time machine connected with the wire. Marty saw the car hit 88 miles per hour and felt it disappearing. Kaboom! Marty was back in 1985, screeching the car to a halt. He ran all the way to the mall, but he was too late. He arrived just in time to witness Doc's murder for the second time. Why didn't you read my note, Doc? Marty cried to the body of his friend. I did, Marty. Doc Brown sat up and pulled Marty's note from his pocket. It was taped and ragged and brown with age. You're alive! Marty exclaimed. But how did you survive those bullets? Doc Brown pulled open his coat. <laughs> Bulletproof vest, he said. Well, holy moly, man, that was that right. was something else. The, I mean, obviously, there's the famous scene where Marty plays uh, audio cassette of Eddie Van Halen into his father's ears while wearing a radiation suit, claiming to be Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan. Yep. But is it just me, or did that cassette tape not sound like Eddie Van Halen? Anyway, I, yeah. If our, if our listeners are more interested in delving into some of these old. Uh, flip books or read along books I, I highly recommend it there's a great website we can link to in the show notes. i will absolutely because i'm looking at some of the titles they have star trek the motion picture <laughs> they have walt disney's movie the black hole which if i'm not mistaken is really trippy it was uh, they've yeah. got a couple of james bond titles they've got the rankin bass version of the hobbit um they've got stuff oh star trek for the voyage home they have pinky in the brain it, it it's so uh, endearing because because you had to kind of truncate the story, certain plot elements would be left out, which made the, I mean, the movies we know and love intimately, all of a sudden, a lot more bizarre because there's just all these like loose hanging threads that don't make sense. If the book was the only thing you were ever exposed to, I guess, you know? Well, I'll be honest. I've, I've still to this day never seen the movie E.T., but <laughs> I see the read along is right here. So I might just listen to that and be like, I'm good. You're good. Right, right. As told anyway. by Gertie. 
But anyway, folks, uh, if you remember any uh, read-along books from your childhood, feel free to reach out to us on social media. I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, that would be crazy because I, I really didn't remember much. And, and some of the titles that were available when we were kids probably shouldn't have been available. <laughs> so what, what's your next uh, choice for the evening? Um, all right, let's see. Oh, well, <laughs> since we were so on the topic of Muppets, um, that's the soundtrack to the Muppet movie. Oh, classic. Uh, the my- original. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny, this, this one came up because, um, I don't remember if I mentioned it last month, but shortly after we went all shelter in place, uh, Amber decided, you know what, I'm just going to sign up for Disney plus because I think we're going to need it. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, I will admit as much as, you know, ever since high school, I've always thought that Disney is kind of the evil empire, um, (laughs) because they do gobble up so much media and they haven't stopped. Um. Having so many things at our fingertips to keep us entertained and to, you know, have the kids watch on a Friday night movie night has been great. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is a show on there, and I believe it's called Prop Culture. Oh, I've heard about it. Have you heard about this? Okay, so yeah, so there was, and I only, I only heard about this show because Joel Hodgson of MST3K fame. Mm tweeted out that he was in this episode where they go find the original Studebaker. Oh, no way. From the movie. And I personally was obsessed with this bullet-nosed Studebaker. Yeah. uh, From the Muppet movie because of the Muppet movie. Like, I wanted one. Mm -hmm. I wanted one so bad Mm -hmm. as a kid. Um, So I watched this episode of Prop Culture and and not only do they, it's not just about trying to find the car. They find all sorts of other props Mm. and stuff and and bits of ephemera from the movie and and bits of set still. That's awesome. Like the giant sign for the Sleezo Cafe (laughs) still exists in one of the prop guys' storage units. Oh, that's great. Um, It's incredible. But it, it just, it reminded me of how much I loved the music oh did you have a favorite song from the the album oh it had to be it had to be moving right along moving right along yeah yeah absolutely footloose and fancy free i mean that that song goes with that car mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and, and it's just it's an instant just pulls me right back mm-hmm. to being a kid and watching that movie i mean how i would i would love for the kids to see that movie at some point a lot, of ban- um, a lot of banjos on that album, I think. A lot of banjos. A lot of banjos. Which might explain why I've been in the mood for bluegrass the past week or so. Interesting. Um, I have I have dug up a couple of stations from like Kentucky and Tennessee that I can stream over the web, and I, I'll just sit there while I'm working and just like listen to bluegrass. Sweet. I know it's random, but it's it's I don't know, it's the mood that I've been in lately. You know, interesting thing that uh, probably the most famous song on that album is uh, Rainbow Connection. Of yeah. A uh, weird little factoid, uh, again, that I saw on the internet, so it must be true. In 1996, a 21-year-old man burst into an FM radio station in New Zealand, took the radio manager hostage, and demanded that the Rainbow Connection by Kermit the Frog be played. <laughs> what? Isn't that amazing? New Zealand seems like such a calm country. Now, you weren't in New Zealand in 96. You were like 94, right? No, 93. 93. So it wasn't you. Okay. No, it was not me. It wasn't you. Okay. It was not me. And, but but in, I will again recommend that episode of Prop Culture because they do um, uh, uh, locate and examine um, that self-same banjo. 
Oh, no way. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, it's it's very cool. It, it was a very moving episode. They've, they've got a few other episodes I probably want to see. Um, not all of them. I'm like, I'm like, man, they're not really feeling, you know, um, I don't know, Mary Poppins I might watch, Tron I might watch, but there's a couple other ones where I'm like, eh, if I see it, great. If I don't, I'm not worried about it. But I, I did the Disney Plus seven-day free trial because I'm a cheapskate. Oh, um, did you? I did enjoy it, but there's a lot of Disney content I would want to see that isn't yet there. And they didn't have all of DuckTales, so there were certain DuckTales episodes I wanted to watch that weren't there. Which was, Of the, of the uh, original or yeah, the reboot? The original, yeah. Um, but no, it's still worth it. Uh, the Boba Fett TV show, pretty good. Um, Mandalorian? Yeah. Yeah, we are we are going to get to that. Um we are going to um finish um the main run of Star Wars films first. Oh, okay, cool. And right now we just have Rise of Skywalker left. Okay. Gotcha. Um actually we we introduced the kids to uh A New Hope last weekend. That wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's big. Uh, that that is that is big we we yeah. thought they were ready for it and uh echo enjoyed it and parent not so much okay okay parent not so much he's i think he's not quite at that age where he can look at a movie and understand that um you know deaths on that movie whether it's a planet at great distance or whether it's obi-wan kenobi getting struck down they're movie deaths right they're, they're not you know, so he was feeling things very strongly, and and he was like, "Nope, I don't even want to hear the name of that movie anymore." You know, as a big Star Wars fan, I feel kind of guilty because I partly think his feelings towards Star Wars might be impacted by the fact that he was kind of a little scared by a, a Star Wars prop uh, exhibit that we went through on, on occasion of my birthday many years ago. <laughs> I don't even um, think he remembers that, dude. I don't know. I think it's in the subconscious somewhere, man. I don't know, man. Anyway. Oh my gosh. I will I'll, I'll bring the pictures up on Facebook and see if he remembers that. All right. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Uh what well, you got next? I guess it's yeah, I guess I'm up. Um, you know, the next uh, selection is kind of a weird one, but it's actually the only cassette tapes from my childhood that I've intentionally held on to this whole time and haven't either just lost or gotten rid of or lost mm-hmm. or discovered. Um it's a two cassette tape, uh two tape uh set from the 1980s, um, from our Civil War reenacting days. I'm sure I bought it from um, the Fall Creek Settler. It's titled Select okay. from the Drummers and Fifers Guide, Camp Duty Calls, Marches, the Reveille, and Quick Steps. And um, as listeners to our podcasts, our podcast might know from our episode about our childhood hobby of Civil War reenacting, I was a, a drummer boy for several years with the Civil War reenacting unit. Um, and there was a there's a really famous 19th century um, drumming and fifing guide by a duo named uh, George Bruce and Dan Emmett. Um, Emmett is probably the more famous of the two because he wrote a lot of real famous songs from the 19th century, like uh, like Dixie, for instance. You know. Oh really? Oh wow. Okay. And uh, this book had all the different you know songs or tunes that fifers and drummers were supposed to play during the Civil War. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, and it's been reprinted many times, and I had a copy to learn from. And this two-tape uh, package, these two cassette tapes, was basically all of that information from the book, but played out so you could listen to it. Um, and the performances were directed by a guy named George P. Carroll, who I guess he's a real big name in the world of drum and five core stuff. He hmm. helped reestablish a lot of drumming and fifing in the United States Army and stuff. Um, it's got a whole bunch of favorites like 
the breakfast call, dinner call, the funeral march. There's a song. Well, the, the meals are important. The meals are important. Um, there's a song called The Downfall of Paris. Funny story about Downfall of Paris. There was a guy who was basically my teacher or mentor at drumming during Civil War reenacting in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Many years later, um, maybe about 10 years ago, you were visiting me here in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And you went to Old Town Sacramento and there was a Drum and Five historical recreation unit performing yeah there's a small crowd gathered and they applaud and stuff and and finally i you know in between takes or whatever i yelled out you know some of the some of the titles to songs that that they actually played back then asking for them play free bird play free bird and i was like hey play play fall play downfall of paris and they were all freaked out because somebody in the crowd knew like the title of one of these songs and the guy who was leading this band was the guy who was my teacher basically back then oh no kidding years yeah yeah Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, that was that was when I brought some furniture up to you, right? That's right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like a, a dresser. Um, and yeah, so uh, just to kind of round out this little segment, I got a really short, short nine-second clip of "Hell on the Wa- Hell on the Wabash," my favorite uh, drumming tune. So. Oh, that's funny because I would have figured it would be like breakfast call because that just uses the triangle and somebody shouting, "Come and get it!" Right. It sounds just like the song from the Breakfast Club, too. By the way. It's so- <laughs> yep, and you can see uh, Molly Ringwall dancing to it. Right. In hoop skirts. Well, let's take a listen to Hell on the Wabash. All right, here we go. What have you got up next tonight? Um, let's see. My next one is um okay, so there was Oh, I feel like we had this habit of purchasing like uh compilation albums. Oh, like probably best songs of the '60s. Yeah, exactly. Um, we never did get Freedom Rock, man. <laughs> we'll turn it up, man. Still love that commercial. Do you miss those television commercials as much? I as do I sometimes. Oh my! I God. do sometimes, mostly because all commercials nowadays are like, we know that things are hard during coronavirus. And I'm like, shut up! I'm turning on the TV to escape it. I only get commercials for catheters because I watch old people channels. Oh dear! Like Order She Wrote and stuff. Anyway. Uh, and, and, and ads for legal action on mesothelioma. Get your free meso book, definitely. And, and other things I can't pronounce. Right. Um, but I swear that we, we would end up at the Long's Drugs where we would get our, um, like, uh, Pirates, uh, uh, versus the Catsle, um, which is still sitting up in my office that I haven't been to in two months. Oh, did you put it up? I totally put it up. I put it up in my office. And I just remembered in my office and I just remembered, I'm like, Oh my God, it's been there for like two and a half months and I haven't seen it. World's greatest coloring poster ever. Right. Um, but there was a cassette that I remember really well. And I found I'll, I'll probably, um, I'll see if I can remember to put the link in the show notes, but it was the billboard top rock and roll hits, 1967 cassette. Oh my God. Uh, which which apparently over at tapeheadcity.com I can still get for seven ninety nine. <laughs> um but I very clearly remember um Happy Together mm-hmm. by the Turtles. Mm-hmm. Imagine me and you I do mm-hmm. I think about you day and night. It's only right. Um that and Incense and Peppermints by Strawberry Alarm Clock, which is a great band name. 
like that. You know, I remember listening to those tapes like on a weekend driving over the hills of Santa Cruz in the old Volkswagen bus. Yes. Yeah. You know, that that or that's... going up to Lupin or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh my Absolutely. God. I am pretty um I'm pretty certain it was like these built because that that's it's it's put out by Rhino Records. It's it's kind of generic enough that you know you find them on a little rack mm. in a drugstore mm-hmm. it's an impulse buy kind of thing yeah um so i'm pretty pretty sure that that was the exact uh album you know the one of those one of those tapes we had had a song on it from the 60s by a band called keith and uh, it was a song called 98.6 and mm-hmm. it was like it was a nice song, but as a kid, I would listen to this thing and I hadn't like the lyrics. I would get so confused, you know, because it was like, hey, 98.6. It's good to have you back again. Oh, hey. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I know that song. OK, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what does that even mean? He's he's obviously had a cold for a while and he's happy to have his normal body temperature. Really back. So, yeah. Obviously. Talking about a fever. No, so do you remember this stuff like from like like grocery stores or drug stores? I think so, yeah. I was talking to mom. She remembers getting some of these types of tapes from like the home shopping network and stuff. Knowing like, mom at that point in time, that wouldn't surprise me either. Where do you think we got most, like, do you remember, like, if you wanted to get an audio cassette tape, like, where would you go? Like, oh, oh, geez. Like, if I just wanted to go and buy one? Yeah, yeah. It, it when we were young, it would almost certainly be the warehouse. Okay. On uh, Stevens Creek and Winchester. Right, right. Right, across from Valley Fair Mall and that Safeway and everything. Um, or it would be in the mall itself and i'm trying to remember i feel like like suncoast or suncoast that's i'm wanting to say sam goody i'm like no 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 there wasn't a sam goody but it started with an s and it was suncoast thank you yeah that was a great one um and yeah or or as i got older and i'd be hanging out with my buddy jonathan who lived in campbell it would be tower records because he lived right around the corner from it right right she's now a pet food store you know i I miss the childhood joys of unwinding a cassette tape, which you're no, really not supposed no. to do, you know, and then you get the pencil and you try to put it back, but it's yep. down messed up, you know? Oh. Yeah. Well, especially if it gets chewed up. Oh yeah. A little bit. Oh. And, and the actual like tape itself is now a little folded over. Mm-hmm. So when it goes across the head, it doesn't read smoothly. Right. Um, but oh yes, I many times remember very carefully trying to extract the tape. And then grabbing a pencil to to wind it back up. Did we have boom boxes before the Walkman, or was it vice versa? Um. Oh boy, that's a, that's a really good question. Now I know that we had like our big like stereo system in the living room. The floor model, yeah. The floor model that had the turntable and the tuner and the tape deck. It's like a dull gray silver, yeah. Yes. Yes, that mom lost like a dozen pairs of sunglasses behind. Yes, it's true. It is. It's completely true. Um, <laughs> you know and, it's and, they were. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, what was it when they finally got rid of it and they moved it out? They're like, oh, look, a ton of sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, so, yeah, so, so there was that. Um, I'm pretty sure we had at least one boombox. 
before it became i i know like like the tape player that i i talk about like laying my head against it's the same one that you see in the drawing on the read-along website mm, okay it looked just like that okay um you kind of like not a top loader like our old vcr was but you know it it was big right mm-hmm. it was definitely not a walkman um but i'm pretty sure we had at least one boombox okay um and then obviously started to get a little bit more just personal with our musics and that that's where you know walkman and stuff came from um and then obviously we had more boomboxes over the years mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but yeah i don't i don't remember the specific order of what came first okay okay um so yeah tapehead cool. city well, i might have to pick that up that's what is next for you my next uh, selection tonight is a audio cassette tape that, unlike many of my childhood memories, I actually have laser-focused, crystal-clear memories of. Um, I do, was... too, actually. I'd, I'd forgotten about it, but once I saw this in the notes, I was like, oh, my God, yeah, we listened to so oh. much of this. So Mom and Dad had a series of audio cassette tapes of Garrison Keillor's News from Lake Wobegon. Mm-hmm. Um, recorded circa 1983. This was a four-tape set. Each tape had a different season, so, you know, spring, summer, fall, winter. And my memory is of a segment recorded on the fall tape titled The Royal Family, which was a pretty short little story about a trailer park family living in Lake Wobegon who learned that they are supposedly descended from Scottish royalty. And I had such clear memories of this. I listened to it on YouTube a couple weeks ago for the first time since since the 80s, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. It, every word and cadence just kept coming back. It was amazing. Um, I don't know why I really responded to this so much. I mean, you know, we grew up in a family where we, you know, we didn't want for anything. We were never hungry or anything like that. But at the same time, we weren't like a super rich family. So I kind of related right. to that for regard. Um, and also, this was probably around the time that Grandma Jerry told me the old family legend that were supposedly related from the younger brother of Napoleon Bonaparte, Jerome. So now, now a... correct me. You have researched this, correct? Well, I have researched it. This is true. I mean, it did lead to a kind of lifelong interest in like genealogy and things like that. We are descended from someone who was named after Jerome Bonaparte, who was born in Massachusetts in like 1830. And, <laughs> but here's the thing. But we're not related to that Jerome Bonaparte. Well, here, well, get this, get this. So like four years earlier, just a couple miles away from where our ancestor was born, like Jerome Bonaparte's son was born. <clears throat> Interesting. So there's no gene. Actually, Jerome Bonaparte's American descendants died out in like 1906. Okay. So we're not a descent. We're not descended from him, but it's possible there might have been some sort of link by marriage or something like that. I don't know. But anyway, this this Lake Wobegon thing, and here's the thing, like as a little kid, I had no idea what Prairie Home Companion was. I didn't know who Garrison Keillor was. All yeah. I do is mom and dad are driving me somewhere and I'm hearing coming out of the stereo, not music, but some weird voiced guy just telling these random stories. And yeah. I don't think up until like I was in my 20s or 30s did I even know who this guy was or what the show was about until I would just be driving around somewhere listening randomly flipping through the dial and found national public radio and heard his voice again and be like whoa it's the guy from my childhood and he's telling more stories or something what is this you know yeah i'm trying to remember how we'd always sign off or with a 
the the, oh, the men are men, the women are good looking, and the children are always above average or something like that. Yeah, where the where the men where the women are strong, the men are good looking, and the children are that's what it is. Average. Yeah. Okay. And yes. Yes. I was so confused as a little kid because I was like, "Are these real stories? Is this a fake story? Is this a real place?" You know, it's like What's right. Yeah, I can see why as a kid, you know, you, you don't know. You're just you're listening to it, and you're like, "Well, somebody's telling a story. It's got to be true, right?" Well, let's do this. Let's give uh, let's give our listeners uh, uh, my last audio clip of the evening, a little clip of this episode, the royal family from Garrison. Oh yeah, here get re- get ready for for Garrison's cadence. I had forgotten what it sounded like until I listened to this earlier. Here we go. About a week later, this man in Philadelphia, whose name was D.B. Mackay, sent them another creamy envelope, and they opened it up, and there was a chart which unfolded and was bigger than their kitchen table. And it started way up here in the left-hand corner with King James the Seventh and King James the Eighth, the old pretender, and Prince Charles. And it kind of got lost in there with a bunch of counts and marquises and aristocracy. But right down here in the lower right-hand corner, it certainly seemed to lead right to them. And there they were, the royal family of Scotland, living in Lake Wobegon in a green mobile home with furniture donated by the Lutheran Church. Man, how about that? <laughs> Story had a sad ending. It turns out the family wasn't actually descended from royalty, but such as Maybe like, Trailer Park Royalty. Trailer Park Royalty. <laughs> so uh, what's your next selection tonight? My next selection is, honestly, it's a bit of a mystery. I'll be honest, because I I did some some searching around to try and find this particular thing based on my memory of it, and we we've, we've seen how that works so far this evening. Um, but I swear we had a cassette of Doctor Demento songs. Mm. Obviously, not songs that Doctor Demento himself has sang, mm-hmm. but ones that he's featured on his show. Now, obviously, he has lots of cassettes out. Mm. Um, but for the life of me, I can't figure out exactly which one we had. You know, that's interesting because I definitely have really strong childhood memories of knowing who he was. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it was from one of these cassette tapes or, or if he, if we watched his TV show at all or if we even got his TV show on our stations or anything. I, I honestly don't know. You know, um, I, I wonder if, if, if that was a cassette we had where we learned about the song Fish Heads. Yeah, even that, I honestly, I don't remember, and I didn't think to contact mom and dad before this evening to be like, hey, how exactly were we exposed to fish heads? Yeah, because it's not like something we would have seen on MTV, right? Oh, no, I don't think so. No, no. Um, Although I guess it's not impossible because they do have a music video for it. (laughs) This Um, is true. This is true, yes. So we, we will have to, I guess we will have to research this one a little bit more and report back next month, I think. Stay tuned, folks. Yeah, definitely. Do you want me to dive into like my next actual one since that was yeah, sure. kind of a... Okay, so my notes really had got, kind of gotten up to about this point. And I was like, well, I don't really think I've got any other ones. Mm. Um, and then I remembered the absolute power, not just of love, but of the Back to the Future soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And specifically the theme mm-hmm. to Back to the Future because it 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 is epic iconic it's it's this grand swelling music and right and and what the instrumental 
Yes, the okay. instrumental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, and it would always make mom drive faster. <laughs> That's she, not a hard thing to do. <laughs> she has no, it's not. It's not, but it is a legitimate thing that she has admitted to many times, like driving up Highway 280 and listening to Back to the Future, like looking down and being like, oh my God, I'm like 15 over the limit. <laughs> because I'm just into the music. Um and and I've I, I've always just kind of kept that memory with me it's I, I just i think it's hilarious and don't get me wrong i love the um you know the the actual like songs from the movie the huey lewis and 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 time bomb town and 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 other tracks and some of the 50s tracks uh from it um but the 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 main theme itself obviously like if you give me the back to the future three soundtrack where it's a lot more of like that that kind of grand western mm-hmm sound added to it mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah oh yeah those parts especially um and now especially since we've actually figured out where the filming location was someday someday i'm gonna jump that fence and run 2,000 feet <laughs> get a bell detector let's like dig <clears throat> up you know oh god dude don't tell me that's i mean that's obviously somebody's property so i would be very hesitant to do that but the idea of it is is awesome get their permission do a youtube video get like 1800 hits that would be amazing 1800 yeah (laughs) that would be fun that would be fun don't get me wrong great tape though that's a great tape it It really is and it's i don't think it's an album that you can find streaming oh really i don't think so i don't think so so if you wanted to hear it you would either have to find it on cassette or CD, or if you're really retro, find it on vinyl. Huh. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Talk to me. What you got next? So my next selection, actually, it's 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 kind of like a grab bag. It's probably going to be my last selection of the night, and it's just going to be a really brief assortment of actual music. Most of the tapes I've talked about tonight haven't been actual music. Um, in, in talking with mom, there was definitely, she had a cassette tape of Carl Off's Carmina Barana. Oh, yes. Which... Folks may not, the name of the song might not immediately bring memories to you of what it is, but I guarantee everybody listening to this podcast has heard this song before. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of music that you would hear in like Conan the Barbarian kind of thing, you know? Bum, 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 bum. Dun, 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 dun. Bum, 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 Oh, yeah. Mom was saying how when I was a kid, I would sing along to it, but I would add my own lyrics. And Excellent. I, it was, I like cream cheese. So it would be like, I like cream cheese. Pizza, well, I do too. Cheese. We <laughs> all like cream. So that was pretty cool. That's um, awesome. And going along with the food, I have such strong memories of an audio cassette tape. I'm hoping it wasn't actually a record. It might be an LP, in which case I guess I'd have to disqualify it. But it was Tom Glaze's yeah. 1963 uh, parody song on top of spaghetti. Oh, my. Which, of course, is, you know, parody of the old song on top of Old Smokey. Right. And this is the song where somebody, he sings, I lost my poor meatball when somebody sneezed. And if people listening to this podcast, if that one line of lyric doesn't resonate with you, I don't know what to say. You have to go on YouTube and listen to this thing because it's a bizarre song. It's about somebody who, there's a mountain made of spaghetti and then somebody sneezes and a meatball rolls off it. And I can remember like hearing this song like 8,000 times before I was 10 years old. You know what I'm saying? It, you know, and the, it's funny because there is like the kids love Calvin and Hobbes. I read Calvin and Hobbes to the kids most nights mm. at this point. Um, 
And there is one particular cartoon where it's in it's this little bird and it perches on a branch and it's getting ready to sing. Of course, this is all Calvin's imagination. Um, and it's all sweet and melodic looking. And then all of a sudden it busts out with on top of spaghetti. Just in the in just the loudest, most brash looking letters. So I always sing it like slightly off key, um, slightly screaming it. Um, and I and I will not do it here because I, I will injure listeners and, and we will have, you know, we'll have six listeners instead of the 12 that I think we have right now. Um, I don't want to, you know, alienate half our audience, um, but it's hilarious. And then the last two music tapes I have tonight, uh, listeners to our podcast will know that my favorite childhood audio cassette tape was Moonlighting, the television soundtrack album from 1987, which you kindly purchased for me not too long ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've talked about it so often that I wanted to really quickly mention uh, 1995's uh, The Blue Album by Collective Soul. Um, oh, I remember Collective Soul. Kind of late in terms of our, our memories. You know, this is more teenage. Yeah, it's high school. I've got some high school stuff coming up. The weird thing is that for me, like when it came to music and being like, quote unquote, into music or having a type of music that a person is really into, I was a super late bloomer. I didn't really find like my jam until like the 2000s. But for some reason, like I had this cassette tape. I don't know why I had it, where I got it. Like, was it just something I don't because it wasn't like something from a TV show or a movie, which is where I consumed most of my music. And I don't even know anything about this band, but I probably listened to this cassette tape between 95 and 98, like 8,000 times. Wow. Um, And I don't know. It's just, it's like this, it's this random thing from my childhood where it's like, if I ever hear a song from that album, I'm going to be instantly taken back, which I guess is a good thing. Cool. So anyway. That's awesome. And I, and I do see there's one more on your list. I think this will, this will, this will kind of fall together just right. 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 Yes. There was... Um, Oh, you want to? Yeah, let's. Well, yeah, we... let's switch back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, my my second to last one. It, it honestly, it falls very much in step with Back to the Future. So I mean, maybe I should have just talked about it then. But it's the soundtrack to Dances with Wolves. Oh wow! You which know, I think was ninety one, ninety two. Yeah, I, think, I forget. I think but it was it was early early nineties. You know, I'll 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 be I'll be honest. I actually uh, broke quarantine last weekend and went down to mom and dad's house yeah and poked around trying to find some old cassette tapes that i can remember seeing at the house and the only one that i could find i couldn't find anything but i i did see this dances with wolves uh audio cassette tape oh god did you really yeah yeah i know exactly where it is you know holy crap i know because that because that was a big movie in our family that that was huge yeah i remember seeing it in the theaters yeah I remember when we got it on VHS. Right. Um, it it really like um, there is something about westerns that I, I very much clom onto, um, and there was definitely something about Dances with Wolves again, bringing it full circle. Kevin Costner, um, callback. At least he's not playing dead in this one. Um, I, was, I think I was really into that movie because like it was a, a time in my life when I was kind of into like like civil war reenacting and like pulpy indians and yeah like like had kind of like both in a way sort of yeah this yeah this was obviously this is just uh i think post civil war and it was the what lakota yeah yeah yeah. um so again yeah just very much that the music is very evocative the music also has the 
you know, that grand kind of swelling Western with the strings and the horns and everything. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I have a lot of memories of listening to that soundtrack a lot. Yeah, totally. Great pick. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the last thing, I had this memory, you had your own memory of things that was difficult to like the, you know, Dr. Demento, was that a real memory? Was that not a real memory? I had this bizarre memory of an audio cassette tape we had that was an album of weird old camp songs written uh, with Yosemite National Park in mind. Yeah. And I found some image online that I thought was like the cover art or something to the album. And I posted it, I threw it up on Facebook and I think you recognized it too. I lost my mind. Did you really? I had, I had forgotten about that album. Yeah. And Yosemite is like literally one of my most favorite places on earth. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to kid you, Seb. Yeah. Yesterday, I just was like looking on YouTube. Yeah. And I came across, it literally was just... Like somebody had mounted a GoPro to the front of their car and like drove through Lower Pines Campground. Oh, no way. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Lower Pines. Might have been upper. Um, whichever one had the amphitheater, which I think was lower. Um, and I kid you not, this this was a relatively recent video, like within the past few years, okay. right? We haven't camped in Yosemite in decades. Yeah. Right? But there were times where going past the amphitheater, um, going up one of the the roads of, like, I don't even remember the campground, the campsite numbers, mm -hmm. but the angle triggered something so deep in my memory mm -hmm. because we camped on that same stretch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as little kids, we'd be going up and down and looking kind of toward the Merced River. Mm -hmm. You've got all these trees up in front of you. Mm -hmm. I, I, I literally started to get moved to tears. Oh my God. Are you serious? Because it was that, like that memory came back just so hard. I love those sort of feelings. And I, and I literally just kind of had to like stop and sit for a moment and go, Oh my God. Oh, okay. Wow. wow. You know? Um, so yes, when I saw this picture yeah. of songs of Yosemite, it's it's kind of like almost like a line drawing you'd see on like sheet music from the twenties, mm -hmm. like riding a grizzly bear on horseback, but he's like firing pistols in the air. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I think the album is all done by a singer, Tom Glazer. No, Thomas Bop. Tom Bop, excuse me. Um, who is the um uh like I don't know artist in in residence at the uh, Wawona Hotel. Okay. It, it, he's it, he's got he's got a YouTube channel. It kind of it kind of seems to me that it's like if there was some sort of Tin Pan Alley Broadway musician in the th or songwriter in the 30s who would just write a song about like Half Dome, you know, and then it would get mm -hmm. published in like a songbook. Like this guy like tracked down all those old songs, made an, a cassette tape, and for some reason as a little kid I thought this was like the official soundtrack of our favorite national <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, because there are such um such hits as i'm strong for camp curry of 1914 right uh indian love call from 1924 mm. the bridge by yosemite falls from 1948 mm -hmm. um uh let's see what else the the yosemite firefall song from 1928 mm. um the the very um antiquated falling waters or waters of the yosemite from 1874 the cats and the absolute banger Toot your horn for Camp Curry from 1924. Classics indeed. Watch out, Billboard charts. Here I come. 
Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, and I, of course, was like, dude, you need to get on eBay and you need to buy this because you had sent me a link. And, oh, I, and I see that it is oh, still sitting cool. here and I, no one has bought it. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna, yeah have to, I'll have to hit the, hit the buy it now on that one. Definitely. Yeah, I will not say no because you know how to convert cassettes to audio. I know how to convert cassettes to audio i'd love to listen to it again just to see if it, i would like, too there there's a little bit you can't find the whole album worth of songs on youtube but there's a little bit um i think tom bop's uh youtube channel i think is yosemite music oh okay right. on youtube um so so check that out if you're at all interested in this nice um but yeah oh my god that just that blew my mind i, I can remember seeing that cassette tape like on a over by mom and dad's computer for like decades yeah sitting there you know yeah, yeah. wow Ugh, classic hmm. <sighs> all right well my last entry tonight um is basically I'm, I'm gonna mention two albums because i remember shortly after discovering the radio station live 105 uh out of san francisco the the um the basically the alternative rock station uh of the uh 80s and 90s so if you were going to hear nirvana first if you were going to hear pearl jam first if you're going to hear stone temple pilots whatever you were going to hear it there um and this was the station that when i finally discovered the station um as an early teen i was like i have found my music really i have found my genre i could listen to the station all day long mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um it, sadly Station is not as good as it once was, but most terrestrial radio stations are that way, sadly. Yeah. Um, but in listening to it, um, there were two albums that I went and bought based off songs that I heard on the radio. Um, I still own at least one of them. I don't think I've got the other one, although I do have a digital version of it. Um, first was a band called Big Audio Dynamite. Um, although at that point they were technically big audio dynamite too. Okay. Um, and their album, the globe. Um, and you might recognize one of the songs off it, uh, called rush. It was used in the Mike Myers movie. So I married an ax murderer. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> the whole album is really good. Um, I love it. It is, uh, British, um, kind of, I don't even know how I would describe it now. It's kind of like slightly mellowed out punk rock, but they use samples. Um, they uh, mix some uh, interesting rhythms in with everything. Mm. Uh, Big Audio Dynamite has been around a very long time, and they themselves were basically an offshoot um, of The Clash. Uh, if you if you trace the lineage way, way back. Mm. Um and and that yeah that whole album was really big for me in the early 90s the other one this is going to get a bit of a laugh um was a band who i have just listed here and you would find them on most albums as just carter usm hmm. now that is short for carter the unstoppable sex machine brilliant um, oh, i love the 90s <laughs> yeah i know there are some great band names it's not all wonderwall um so the album in question, this is called 101 Damnations, hmm. not Dalmatians, right? Um, I, it's funny. I have a real hard time kind of um, pinning down like what genre I would put these guys in um, because it's a little bit 
um it's a little bit punk um it's a little bit thrash um there's the lyrics are actually very very smartly written for a band that if you were to look at these guys you're like how are you putting together coherent sentences um the lyrics are very smart they're very topical they're very political um and um again working some samples in with things but it was it was very um it's all very aggressive Mm. for the most part um even their kind of like uh more mellow songs they are i don't know if lampooning is the right word but they are basically um taking the piss out of serious british culture the whole stiff upper lip okay kind of thing um it's good i still listen to them from time to time but i find that if i listen to too much uh-huh I kind of just naturally get angry at my environment. <laughs> well, it, it sounds like from how you're describing it, it sounds like puberty music. And I don't mean that in a sort of term. <laughs> That's, but but yeah, that is a really... I love puberty music, you know? Good. You, that might just have to be our alternate title this month. <laughs> right. Yes. Cassette tape memories or puberty music. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> but no, that, 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 make, that does make perfect sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That does make perfect sense. Like the the only reason that I like got into Nine Inch Nails and enjoyed them was to get me through my very first breakup. I mean, you know, it it's I get it. It it it's puberty music. That's very well well put. I was like that, but with Alanis Morissette. Yeah. Oh, fair. Right. right. Fair, because you ought to know. <laughs> yes. Um. You know, two really quick thoughts just to that I needed to throw out there. The first one was. Uh, of all the cassette tapes I had and loved as, as a child, there was one that I, I loved but never had, which was hmm. I saw on television commercials for a novelty cassette tape for answering machine messages. Oh, yes. Amongst other things, it had the famous, nobody's home, mm-hmm. nobody's home. I remember that commercial. Oh, my God. And I just had to throw a shout out and say, I love you, little tape, and one day I will own you. Um, I, I'm sure there's copies of it out there somewhere, man. That, that's a it's a late night eBay find, right? Um, and then my last qu- thought or question: do, Can you sort of pinpoint a time when you stopped listening to tapes and started listening to CDs? Yes. Okay. Actually, I absolutely can. Absolutely, it's 1994. 94. Okay. It was 94. I got my uh, very first disc man. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably a Christmas present. It might have been a birthday present. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough to tell because it's always the last quarter of the year that both of those land. Um, and the very first CD that I ever bought, I still own it today. Mm-hmm. Um, it and and again, it was one of those things where I discovered this band thanks to Live One Hundred Five. Um, it is a band called from from England called Inspiral Carpets, mm-hmm. and their album Revenge of the Goldfish. Oh wow, nice um and yeah i still I, it's tucked away in a box but i still have that cd you know that's amazing because i think around right around the same time uh cds kind of became the thing in my life I, I when i was in high school i had a lot of i was never in a high school band but i had a lot of friends that were in bands mm-hmm. um, one was called link one was called Kilmore trout and they all had cassette tapes floating around the campus and then one day some of our friends who were in a high school band called beautiful sun showed up and they had their quote unquote album on a CD. Somehow they got it 
on a CD. And that was like the shit, excuse me. <laughs> it, was big, it was a big deal. Everybody on campus was like, how did you get your homemade band's music on a CD? You know, and, it's like, yeah. and it was kind of like, you know, the audio cassette tapes just weren't going to cut it anymore. You know? That the, the early days of being able to burn something to a CD. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Oh man, I remember that. Jeez, you know, I think this, I really had fun with this episode. I yeah, think, this was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was really good. This is really good. Well, Seb, what are we going to do next month? Jeez, it's, it's going to be deep waters. We're going to talk about Legos. Yes. This is, I'm pretty excited. I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot to talk about, I think. It's only taken us 32 episodes. <laughs> right, right. We finally got there. Uh, well, I hope you have a, a great month. Um, yes. I hope our listeners uh, have enjoyed tonight's episode. If, if you have any memories you want to share with us, we'd love to hear from you. Or if for some reason you actually own that answering machine cassette and you're willing to part with it. Right. Get a hold of Sam. There will be uh, something. Oh my God, we'll answer that call, I guess. Yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah, we hope the month of June goes well for you. We hope you stay safe, stay healthy. Um, yeah, let's just weather all the crazy crap that's out there right now because there's a lot of it. Um, and it's more than just COVID-19 right now. So um, hang in there, hang in there. If, if we are a little bit that helps get you through, that's awesome. Um and we're happy to to do that for you. In the meantime, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Memory Serves Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Blue Box UFO, and you can follow Seb at Clan McMuffin. Uh, man, I want a McDonald's breakfast now. <laughs> um, subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify and wherever else you consume podcasts. Just look for If Memory Serves. Please, if you can, rate and review us as well. We would greatly appreciate that. Um, or if you're crazy enough, go subscribe to us on SoundCloud. That's soundcloud.com slash the N-O-T-L-G, and you'll get literally all the shows we put out on the network. You can get Tornado Tag Radio. You can get Podcastica. You can get the the Pincroft pod, which is uh, my co-host, John, and his fiance going through and watching right now. Their first season is all the baseball movies uh, oh, wow. that his fiance, Laura, never watched as a kid. Um, heck, go over to N-O-G- notlg.spreadshirt.com. Letters are hard for me tonight, and get yourself one of our F Memory Serve shirts. Um, I really need to see about getting these things put on buttons because I think they look good on buttons. Oh, yeah. Um, by all means, during the pandemic, if you have friends who are independent artists, um, support them. Uh, you know, shops, businesses locally that you want to support please support them rather than us but if you can spare something for us we will not tell you now patreon.com slash nflg we always appreciate it and with that stay cool because it's june now it's gonna get warm i hate you (laughs) but we will talk to you next time good night good night folks Okay, yeah, I'm going to keep continuing to talk about all sorts of weird things and point out the fact that Seb's in the bathroom right now.